0: What is good, y'all? Welcome back to the fifth episode of The Cycle 365. I'm your co-host, Simon Villanos, And I'm Jesse Bitten, And we're here to talk basically all about football. We got college football and then NFL. Coming up next, it'll be me and Jesse and Cody Stoffer, And uh, yeah, so let's just get right into it. So this last week of college football was super eventful. A lot of things happened. So we're going to go in order of, you know, the games that came out that happened on Saturday. So... First things first, let's talk about that Michigan versus Wisconsin game. So Mi- Michigan lost. They lost 35-14 to 14 to Wisconsin. Jesse, what do you think about that? A lot of people picked Michigan to be a dark horse team to make it into the playoffs, including Cody Stauffer.
1: So what do you think? Well, Cody is obviously dumb. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dang. No, I... I'm not surprised at all. I didn't think Michigan was for real at the beginning of the year. I don't think, still don't think they're for real. I think if you go back and listen to things on our previous podcast, John Harbaugh is not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is not, not the coach for Michigan anymore. I don't think. I don't think Michigan can. Com- I mean, they can compete Big Ten, but I don't think they're gonna beat anyone big. I mean, this shows right here by Wisconsin and Wisconsin beating them 35-14. I don't think they can compete with Ohio State. Um, I don't think they can compete with, I mean, Nebraska for all I can uh, have. Oh, like, we're really? going to see it this weekend. No, Ohio, it's Ohio State-Nebraska this weekend, but oh, sure. um, I, think, I think they're on the same level as Nebraska. Um, they definitely don't deserve top 20 ranking, I think. I feel that. See, I I agree with you. I, I said the
0: same thing to Cody, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to hate on him, but I really didn't believe in this, you know, Michigan team. So, well, here's the thing, though. Does this, does this win for Wisconsin? Does it? say more about Wisconsin or the
1: mediocrity of Michigan I think both I think it it proves that Wisconsin is is a good team behind Jonathan Taylor I think Jonathan Taylor proved in this game even that he's for real yeah. um, and I think it also showed that Michigan is is not you know Shea Patterson I just don't think he's the best of quarterbacks he's, he's not a very good quarterback I mean he fair. he still can't take care of the ball They still threw interceptions, they still fumbled the ball, like, they still are dealing with turnover problems, and yeah, I just don't think, I think that's, yeah, I think, to answer your question, Simon, it was, show that Wisconsin is for real, Michigan is not. Okay, so, so you see, I didn't really get to watch a lot of that game, but
0: do you, could you
1: see Wisconsin potentially making it into the college football playoffs? I still don't think they'll make it to the college football playoff, I think they'll definitely play in the Big Ten Championship. Okay. Because they're in the opposite side of Ohio State. Right, right. Um, and all Michigan State and all those other ones. So I definitely think that they will make the Big Ten Championship. I think they'll play. So if they win, if they win, they have that shot because, you know, usually the Big Ten team does make, Big Ten winner makes it in. Yeah. Um, if they go undefeated and win the Big Ten, I think they have a chance to, to get into the playoff, yes. But I would say I don't think they're going to make it that.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. I, I like this Wisconsin team. You know, they got some grit. You know, Michigan, they still, I, I didn't believe in them, but I know they still had talent you know over there they definitely did between the receivers and uh you know Shea Patterson he didn't look great but he he was still ranked pretty high up there coming out of high school so I thought Wisconsin did a good job Jonathan Taylor he keeps proving himself you know he's he's gonna be an exciting NFL prospect to watch you know so hey I I'm with you right there I'm with you right there all right so next game right after this I'm pretty sure we have Texas A&M versus Auburn and here's the thing about it. I kind of, I wasn't really paying attention to this game. I felt like, you know, a and should have won this game. I felt like they're a lot more talented than Auburn, but I don't know. I guess this guy Bo Nix, the little freshman, he's, he's showing that he could, he could step up when he needs to. And he has stepped up already against, you know, Oregon in the first game. And, you know, I, I like this guy. I really do. I think, he's very raw but he has a lot of potential you know he kind of has that it factor you know what I mean
1: yeah I think another thing to look at is um, Kellen Mann isn't playing to the expectations that people thought he was going to no. In the beginning of the year they uh, expected him to be you know Heisman candidate yeah. but he's just not playing up to that that level right now I'm not saying he couldn't turn around but let's also if you look at their if you look at Texas a and schedule like to start the season they've had a tough schedule yeah, yeah. they really have they lost, their two losses are to, to Auburn and to Clemson, so Fair. both top 10 teams. I think they got the, sh- like, I, would say, I wouldn't say the short on the stick because they're an SEC team. They should be able to compete there no matter who they play, Fair. but they do have a tough schedule, even just out of the gate, and you and you know how important those beginning games are just to really get, like, a quarterback like Kelmong going, get right. him in a rhythm, and get the, just the whole offense in general in a rhythm. It's important to have those beginning games to get a guy like Kelmon going. Fair. And just the whole offense in general. Um, I do think they're very talented. I think the atmosphere that they play in is great for winning games. And I think moving forward, I think that eventually Kelmon is going to figure it out. I think they will. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he'll finally start playing like people expect him. But I think by this time it's too late for for Texas to make a run. Yeah. But I think. Kellen will eventually figure it out and play up to his potential.
0: No, I got you. See, the way I see it, AM is definitely in a downward spiral right now. You know, like, they did lose to Clemson. They lost to, uh, you know, Auburn. And those are both good teams. But let's, at the same time, I do feel like those are both games they could have won if Kellen Mond, you know, just played better. You know, we talked about that Clemson game a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Kellen Mond just looked terrible. He couldn't complete a drag route. You really couldn't complete like the simplest routes that you know most college quarterbacks should be able to complete so i i don't know i and i didn't really get to see much of this game either but he just he, he hasn't stepped up i think he will get better but you know if he doesn't i mean they're in a downward spiral right now so they need a they need to buck up you know cuz their schedule does get easier but right now they're not it, they're playing very inconsistent, in my opinion.
1: And when you say easier, I mean, maybe just a little bit easier. Like, they play Arkansas this weekend, okay. so they probably win that one, but then they go into Alabama. Oh. And so, I mean, it doesn't really get a lot easier. But after that, it lightens up a touch. I mean, again, remember, time they're playing the SEC, so they're playing SEC competition every week yeah, from yeah. here on forward. Um, so we'll see. I think another thing to look at in this game is just Auburn's defensive line oh. versus the run game. I think, I mean, Tom Mond was the leading rusher for Texas A&M, and he had 26 rushing yards. So, I mean, like, Texas didn't have any running game, or Texas A&M didn't have any running game. And I think that chalks up one to, I don't think Texas A&M's running game is is at the same level as it has been in the past few years. Right. But also, I think just the Auburn defensive line. I mean, you can see it in the Oregon game, too. Like, the Auburn defensive line is just a force. Yeah, they're good.
0: Yeah. No, they're giving that Oregon offensive line, which, you know... it's one of the better ones in the nation you know they got some dudes over there that could go possibly in the first or second round or sometime no i definitely have, i definitely think you know.
1: one will go in the first round i think yeah one organ offensive line will go first in, yeah in the first round
0: but see the fact that auburn's defensive line could like you know really put the clamps on them and then like shut down a and m like that like those are statements you know so with those statements do you think that auburn has a chance and making it into the college football playoffs. Of course, they'd have to go through Alabama. the likes of Alabama, yep, and then
1: probably Georgia on the other side. Yeah, I don't think they make it. I don't. I mean, I think Georgia and Alabama are both better teams. I think they'd both be them. I just think okay. I think in the future it could definitely happen when Bo Nixon grows up a little bit. Right. But he's still very young, and once it comes to that prime time uh, game against the big school, I don't think he could do it. Okay, that's fair. He is a he is a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So he has he has plenty of time. Oh yeah, he'll be I, okay. We'll definitely see see this out moving forward. I think it's going to be um big time. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. All right. So, this was
0: this next game. This was the game of the week if any for college football. We're talking Georgia versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame walks into Georgia. It was a close game. I so I realized last week on the podcast I said that Georgia would blow out Notre Dame and they won by one score <laughs> and so I, I accept that that's a no that's a no on my opinion, on you know my part and I watched that game and Notre Dame you know that defense looked pretty stout. Uh, their offense you know it, it was about what I expected it to be So there's that but I really didn't expect this you know Notre Dame defense to come out and play the way they did. But you know, Jake Fromm and the boys, you know, they, they pulled through. From made some really good throws actually, he didn't make a lot of plays, but he made the plays that he needed to to win the game. And honestly, like it really impressed me. Like, as if I was an NFL scout, this was the game to watch, you know. And I think Jake Fromm looks like the real deal. So my question to you, Jesse, is well what do you think about Jake Fromm and his performance in this game and you know about Georgia altogether?
1: Yeah, I mean if you look at this going into the season, everyone had Jake Fromm as number one quarterback and taken in the draft, like all this yep. stuff. And I think I think while he's not putting up the gaudy numbers that everyone thought he was, I think he's still showing that he is he could be that number one guy of the draft. I think if I was gonna take a college football team to play an NFL team, I would take this Georgia team. I think they're That's the fair. most well rounded and I think the most NFL ready in all positions. Yeah. I think they have a good offensive line. I know one of the offensive lines will be taken in the in the first, uh, he might even be the first pick overall. Um, really? Yeah, their tackle, Andrew Thomas. Right. I looked at a mock draft this morning, and he's supposed to go number one overall Ooh. over Tua. Tua's supposed to go two. So, I mean, you have that. And then Jake Fromm, I think, should, should get taken in the top ten at least. That's fair. Yeah, and then John Dre Swift, sure he's not going to get taken in the first round, probably. He's not probably the number one running back, but he's still an NFL talent and will play oh, in the yeah. NFL. He's somebody who could be a good rotational guy. Yeah, and then be. that the defense can compete with anybody in in college football, let alone the NFL. I think I think this is the most well-rounded team, and this is the team I would take if I was going to play an NFL team. Oh, yeah. So I think that going into, just to answer your question about Jake Fromm, I think right now he's game managing because that's all he has to do to win. Right. But I think moving forward, if, if he's called upon, we've seen it before, if he's called upon to make those big plays, he will do it. Oh yeah, he will do it once once the time comes and when it's needed.
0: Oh yeah, I hey I you know I'm a huge fan of Jake Fromm. I think he he's a great character. See, a lot of these quarterbacks coming out this year, I feel like they all have really like solid character. Like you don't have to worry about them act in the actin' the fool or whatever. Like you know that like they'll grow into their talent because they have great character. You know they're hard workers. They'll grind with you. Like they'll you know they'll they'll be great. You know this is this is really such a good quarterback class you know and Jake from I think he's he showed a lot you know not that Tua hasn't so far but you know Notre Dame uh, I'll be honest their defense looked pretty good like they're blanketing guys you know their defensive line was real aggressive but you know this Georgia team they they grinded it out Jake from made the throws he needed to and they won this game so in my opinion I'll just be honest if I had to call it right now I could see Georgia beating Alabama not easily, but it'll have to be a grinded
1: out game. I do too. I think I could do this because again, I think Jake Fromm was not holding back, but he's just not he's not giving his all yet, because he doesn't need to. Right. So yeah. when it comes, when the time comes he'll he'll let it loose and I think this I think this is their year. Oh yeah. He still made the plays he needed to. Oh yeah. I also think talking about this game, Notre Dame, I think at this point Notre Dame now is is not benefiting anymore, but it's actually hurting them not playing in a conference, being an independent. Oh, yeah just because they don't get this level of competition every week. That's true. Whereas, like, Georgia is playing SEC teams every week. and Because, like, if you look, if you go down their schedule, like, Notre Dame's next game is against Virginia. And, I mean, sure, Virginia's ranked, but it's, like, you know, it's Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, they're just there. And then you have Bowling Green. Okay. USC. That should be an easy one. Yeah. Michigan. We'll see. Yeah, (laughs) Virginia Tech. Duke, Navy, Boston College, Stanford. Anyways, these teams, like... They're all, like, I would say middle top tier, you could say. They're not top tier. They're not middle tier. They're right in the middle. Yeah. Where they could, like, obviously they mean some some sorts of win. Like, if they win, it means something. Right. But at the same time, it's not beating a Clemson or an Alabama every week. Oh, no. Definitely. Or like an Ohio State. And just to have that competition every week would be helpful, I think, for Notre Dame. Oh, hey, I believe that. And it, it's kind of sad because I –
0: I almost, you know, watching this game, you know, I I changed my opinion about Notre Dame. I was a little harsh. I would have liked to see them in the college football playoffs get another chance because they, they put up a good fight against Georgia, and Georgia's a good squad, but, you know, that's well, that's not going to happen anymore, <laughs> you know, because yeah. they don't play in a conference, and that's just a disadvantage, at you know, not playing a conference, you know, so that kind of sucks, but, you know, Georgia, they, they showed a lot. I think this is... This might be the team that wins it all, in my opinion. This might Definitely be
1: Definitely could team. be. Definitely could.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. So, last game of college football that we're going to talk about. It was a crazy game. It happened really late at night, I'm
1: pretty sure. Yeah, it happened at, like, no joke, like, 12 o'clock p.m. Oh, yeah. at little mountain time.
0: Yeah, so it was crazy. I'm oh, sorry.
1: I should say 12 o'clock a.m. Because the p.m. is noon. That's this right. was Midnight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so midnight midnight. So, we're talking the UCLA versus Washington State game. So, Jesse, why don't you just read off that
1: score to me real quick? The final score. Granted in in like no overtime, in actual game time. Yep. UCLA won 67 to 63 overranked Washington State. Yeah. So, <laughs> on that on that's that crazy, though, Not only that, UCLA was down by 32 points going into the third quarter. True. Didn't they become like the first team
0: to or well no, they became they were that team that came back from the most amount of points, right? Uh, I think so, something like that. Yeah, something something crazy like that. UCLA, they they had to grind for this one. Also, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon, he threw for 9 touchdowns. That's a record. Yeah, that's so he breaks you know, Minshew Magic's record,
1: mm-hmm. right? I don't know what it was before. I think it was 7 or 8. Can we first, I think I mentioned this last week in the podcast, but still, like, go for it. All these Washington State quarterbacks, what is going on? Like, Luke Falk starting in the NFL. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And now you got Anthony Gordon. Like, what is in the water in Pullman, Washington? See, it's that boy Mike
0: Leach, I think. Yeah. I, think I think he's that dude, like, I don't want to call him a Lincoln Riley type, but... He's no Lincoln Riley, don't don't get me wrong, you know, like, I really, there, there's a huge difference between Michael Leach and Lincoln Riley, but, man, these quarterbacks could ball out, huh? All of them. And it's crazy. <laughs> so we're, here, so here's the first question that I'm going to ask you about this game, uh, outside of the score, but do you think Anthony Gordon is a legit NFL prospect?
1: No. No? I don't think so. He had a good game, he threw nine touchdowns, sure. I think I don't think I mean he he's a backup okay if, like I mean well that's still he could pretty also, good he could also prove us wrong like Gardner Minshew did like no one expected him to be a starter and now that's he's true. starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars and winning games like I think that could happen to Anthony Gordon I don't think I mean none of us have seen him really play yet like it's he's played in what four games now well I've seen him play against UNC Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about this year. Like, oh. Oh. Okay. Like, okay. Like yeah. this year, he's only played in four games so far, and they That's haven't true. hit the Pac-12 schedule really yet. That's true. So we'll have to wait and see what really happens when they start um, start really playing. Because if you think about it, like you said, they played University of Northern Colorado, Eight you know, sco-bears. New Mexico State, yeah. and Houston. So like, Houston's the best. Just like obviously he's putting up crazy numbers, but he hasn't really played. You know, like next week they play Utah, so we'll get a real. Oh, that's a good matchup. Yeah, match. we'll right. get a real okay. a real test of what Anthony Gordon is. Right. I think it also helps that he has tons of weapons around him. Yeah, that's true. And Max Borgie and... Oh, remind me of their... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they yeah, have like a bunch of... Enos Winston Jr. or something like that. Something like yeah, that. He's yeah, he's really good or whatever. So, like, he's benefiting from that. But, I mean, I just don't... I, I guess... I should... I should say that, that might be a pre... pre-motive yeah. no. Okay. Give okay. me, give it a few more weeks. Maybe ask me again, week nine. <laughs> okay. All right. Then okay. I'll tell you what I really think about him. All right. That's um, fair. I mean, fair. he is playing really well right now. Um, I just don't think I've seen him enough because, like, you know, Gardner she was there last year, so like we didn't see him play last year at all. This is the first year we've really seen him play. So, okay. Give him a give him a sh- chance, and then I'll I'll reevaluate in the future. Okay. That's fair. All right. So,
0: anyways, Washington State lost, so it really doesn't matter. Like. If there were any chances of them making the college football playoffs, those are done. gone. Yeah. So, UCLA, though. So, they had to grind for this game. They had this one receiver. who was, like, doing it all. He was catching passes, bringing kicks back for touchdowns. Yeah, was it? his name is, uh... His name was something. Demetrik Felton. Yeah, Felton. He's good. He's yeah. a baller. Like, I'm not... Nothing against Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Chip Kelly's offense, but, like, this kid Felton was making plays when they needed to, like he was bringing back kicks, he was breaking off big gains, like he was getting runs, like it was it was crazy, you know he you know hey NFL scouts you know, pay attention to this kid because he's a good one. But anyways, so UCLA they get a big win. Were they on the road? Yeah,
1: it was in Washington State.
0: Yeah, so they get a big win on the road, comeback win. Do you think this is what turns around this program and does Chip Kelly keeps his job after this?
1: No. <laughs> you asked me this question earlier of like, is, it, is Anthony Gordon real, and is Chip Kelly's winning game? And I said no for both of them. I just Dang. personally think that this is one of those flute games that happens every once in a while in college football that everyone loves to watch, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't really mean much. Um, you don't think it's a confidence builder? I mean, sure, it's a confidence builder, but let's look back at what actually happened to UCLA. They lost to San Diego State okay. and Cincinnati. <laughs> Oof, okay, yeah, that's so not I mean good. like well see this might be that game though Yeah, no? but at the same time I, again, I think it's a free game I don't think I think I Still think Chip Kelly gets fired at the end of this this year. I don't think they don't give him another year at least No, nah, I don't think this game Helps, I mean it helps for a confidence boost, but I don't think it helps him overall. I don't think it helps UCLA overall at all. Okay. Well, hey, we'll have to see I
0: I I think this is a big confidence boost game, but you really never know until like the next week after. And I'm pretty sure they play Arizona, which, you know, it's not the worst team they could play. It would definitely be a test because it yeah. is UCLA, you know, if they really want, if they really
1: want to be, you know, taken seriously, just as a program, you got to win this next game. You have to. I mean, Arizona State, or Arizona, sorry. Arizona, Arizona could bring their egg game. They could look like garbage. I don't know. Like, that's just... Kind of how Arizona plays. They're either really good or really bad. Yeah, hey, You know what? That's fair. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that's the end of this segment. Next segment, we're going to
0: talk about this new California rule involving college football. Coming up next. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. So on this segment, we're going to... This is a little bit overdue. I'll, I'll give that credit. But we're going to go over this new California law that is well it hasn't passed yet but it's currently pending so basically it says that ncaa college athletes can make money off of their own likeness only in the state of california yeah only in california so this would be a california only thing so schools like ucla usc all those schools Athletes that go to those schools can make money off of themselves. That means, you know, they could hire agents, they could take on sponsorships, you know, maybe possibly be in a new NCAA football game, but that's an interesting thing. So here, Jesse, you played, you did play D2 football, so you know what it is to be a student athlete in college. What do you think about this law in general?
1: I I wouldn't sign it. I wouldn't pass it. Oh, you're going the <laughs> Tim Tebow route. Okay, all right, let's go. Um, being a college athlete, um, I don't, I don't think. I don't think really there's much benefit to it at all. I don't think. Really. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really matters either way. Like, you're focused on winning games. In school, so I mean, like, hiring an agent, like, what would that do for you? We'll see. I, it's not really the agent for me. It's more
0: about, like, having somebody that could get you sponsorships. So, like, say you got a little burger joint <laughs> down mm-hmm. the road that you kind of liked, and they're like, hey, man, you know, do do a little spot for us, you know, a little ad, and we'll, we'll throw you some cash, like, every month or so. Like, mm-hmm. like is that not enticing? While, wow. like, you just have to do one little thing for, like, you know, 10 minutes, and then you go back to work, you go back to school, and you're getting money at the same time. Yeah, I think you know. the only
1: thing to think about is again being a marketing, sports marketing major. Oh, that's true. How many athletes are there going to be that people want to sponsor? I mean, like that's fair. Maybe, maybe a running back and a quarterback, maybe on four teams. Yeah. So that's eight guys total. What about the other 300? Hey, I mean there there are small businesses
0: <laughs> all around California, California specifically, you know. So you I know, know but let's let's be honest sure. Like
1: if you're looking at equal opportunity, right? Right. Even if you're a small business, who's gonna care if the sixth string receiver is doing your ad? No well, one see, knows who he is.
0: Well see, what if that guy's like a five star guy? Because
1: we are talking about like the okay, big dogs. Well then you're gonna have you're gonna have five five star athletes and not everyone can play. Exactly, yeah. So what are you gonna then then people are gonna be getting mad because oh I'm sure I'm making money but I'm not playing and I came here to play football and then they're gonna transfer out. That's true. But then that also comes into the into the fact that if the NCAA is still outside of California, they're not going to allow those five-star athletes to come into the NCAA because they've already been paid as an athlete. Ooh, so that's
0: very true. So here, let me let me talk about this NCAA stance real quick because I, I didn't think they should have said this, but you know how they are. You know they said that this law is unconstitutional. So they said it's unconstitutional, and they said. Basically, they basically threatened all these California schools that if you pass this law, then you will be banned from not only playoff play, but like bowl games and, you know, national championship play, obviously, because you're already banned from playoffs. So we're talking about a shortened season. and Basically, these California college football teams, well, okay, not just football teams, but just, you know, sports teams, they'll be, they'll be ostracized, basically, and that'll be it. And so... If you are a student athlete coming in basically you know California they might have uh, these California schools might have an advantage over like say in Alabama or maybe you know for basketball like uh, North Carolina or Duke because you know what you may not be they could say to these athletes you may not be here for a long time but we could get you money you know and you know like every athlete wants to believe they can go pro but you know deep down Let's be honest, not many really believe that because there are a lot of athletes, you know, that's just how it is. It's a percentage. So if you're if you're just some, you know, run of the mill athlete, you know, you were good and all that, you're good enough to go to D1. Are you going to pick, you know, all right, I'll go to a school where I could compete for a national championship every year, but really get nothing outside of an education or I could go to a school in California, like, say, a USC or UCLA and get this money, play, and still have the potential to be, you know, drafted or picked up by a pro team. So that's that's the decision many of these athletes will have to face. Do you not think that is, you know, enticing or unfair to a degree?
1: I think it is, but being a college athlete athlete like you said, and just kinda of knowing most most athletes I think as as myself, I would choose to go with the NCAA outside of California, it just okay. has way more opportunity. Right. Um, and I think most college athletes would lean that way. I think there would be those those few hotheads, like an Antonio Brown, let's say, okay. a college or a, a high school Antonio Brown will be like, oh, I wanna go make money right away. Right. So there's gonna be that handful, but at the same time, I think the majority of of the college athletes coming, like or high school athletes going into college, Would choose the other route just because they have more opportunity.
0: Okay. Well, see, I I could see how you think that. Like, personally, I wouldn't mind making a little bit of money on the side. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, the stipend that they give you and whatnot if, you know, you're a high enough D1 athlete and all that. You know, I think, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's a good deal. But you did make a good point earlier. You did say, you know, if they do go to one of these California schools and they even do one ad, they can't really transfer out. Or if they get cut, that's it. You know, yep. you have to either, like, go to another California school, which, you know, there are a solid amount out there, but it's hard as is. Or, you know, your, your playing career is done and you got to go semi-pro or something like that, you know. And, you know, that might not be ideal for some athletes. But maybe, you know, California passes this law, Washington might come up, Oregon might come up with, and you know,
1: it might just be an avalanche of states after that coming <laughs> out with this. And you got to look at the fact that then, well, Sure, if the avalanche starts, so if the whole West Coast is doing it, then why not just make the whole country do it? You know, like, it could happen. Yeah, but then, so I just like, I think you should just go one way or the other. I, th- I don't think you should have two separate things. Like, obviously, if it happened, California would have to make their own league. Probably, yeah. I mean, they probably won't. I can't see them staying in the Pac 12
0: because it won't matter. Like, even if you win a lot of games, you're not going to be in the Pac 12 championship.
1: Yeah, so, so I just think, I think this would would hurt college football. No, I'm not saying the NCAA. NCAA is a whole nother thing. The organization is, I don't know, kind of, I guess you could say, screwed up. Okay. So I don't think, and I think even though I'm not for this, I will agree with you in the fact that I don't think the NCAA, sh- it has nothing to do with the Constitution. Well, yeah, no, so, it I doesn't. it's like, yeah, just dumb, being greedy. Yeah, that was a dumb, dumb statement. But I think, um, I just think as college football it has, it has become, I guess you could say a Saturday tradition or like a big part of American culture. Exactly, yeah. And I think having the division between California, East Coast, and the rest of the United States would just have a negative infa- or impact on the game. But well, see, here's the thing, though. What? Like, hypothetically, would you feel better about
0: this law if it wasn't just California, but you knew if California passed this law, let's say Oregon, Washington, Colorado, we'll throw in Arizona, and maybe, maybe, maybe even Oklahoma— all of those states, if if you knew that if California passed this law, all those states would follow suit, would you feel better about it?
1: I don't know. I just think, I and mean, it kind of like, it's kind of a weird comparison here. But if you compare it to baseball, okay. right? Because baseball, you can get drafted straight out of high school and go to pro, go sure. pro. And I've also seen that firsthand because I've had a few friends that went to school with me in high school get drafted straight out of high school. Right. And I just so, don't understand how. Like these kids are not ready for that. I don't think like most of them have not grown up in a household that at that point in their life know how to manage money, let alone millions of dollars. That's fair. I think this is just setting the kids up for failure. If they're getting paid. And at the same time, like you said, if, if you do one, just one sponsorship, how much are you going to actually make?
0: Okay. You're not going to
1: make a ton. And then talking to Cody earlier, he was talking about the McKenzie Milton thing and you know, how, like, he tore his ACL or yeah, t- yeah. the whole leg, basically. Because it all, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I was thinking about, like, like, he's still good. Like, he's still on scholarship, correct? I mean... Like, he's, they're still going to pay for his schooling.
0: Yeah, because he only has, like, one more year. Yeah. Left, but, yeah.
1: So, he's still, in the long run, it wouldn't have mattered if he made money playing football there or not because he's still going to get his education. He's still going to make plenty of money after school. Okay. Um... So I just think, I just think overall, it's not beneficial to the athletes. I really don't. Okay. All right. See, it's hard to argue against you because you, you
0: were there, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know athletes who have been there too, but there's a difference between knowing them and then actually experiencing it. And see, I I get, I get what you're saying, you know, but I mean, I, I do feel like, you know, what, what, what if it was just nationally like a thing? You know, because this will set a precedent if it passes, you know, if it doesn't, then nobody's going to care about it. But if it does pass, then, you know, you could expect other states to try to, like, like force this law forward,
1: mm-hmm. you know, I just think
0: I and just so, think- like if all here. So if all the colleges are doing it right, mm-hmm. I mean, can it really not benefit up you know, an athlete if they have money and they're staying in college, they have their education still, you know, and they're playing football? And they still have the same opportunities to go pro, you know. So if everyone, like, if this law passed and eventually, you know, everyone was under this law, like, would you feel better about it then?
1: I mean, sure, it might benefit a few here and there. Then, if everyone in the United States used it, okay. But at the same point, it would also it would change how change football really in general. Well, yeah, it would. It would change football completely. I mean, even at the pro level. How so? Well, I mean, the the kids are already basically pros, like if you look up professional like professionalism it's getting it's receiving money or benefits for doing something correct right yeah so basically you're already a pro athlete even if you're in college i mean yeah in a way but like it doesn't
0: necessarily translate to money because here's another thing to think about too like you know so say you know you are getting college education which you know is important to a degree but like what if you pick a major that's Not your thing, like, you're not gonna use it that degree when you graduate college, you know. Like, well, if that happens, because you know, you gotta think about it like, you are an 18 year old, basically, like, (laughs) you're being told that, like, all right, you gotta make a decision on what career you want right now as an 18 year old. Because if you don't, I mean, you know, then there goes your scholarship money and time, like, it's going, so you gotta choose, you know, eventually, so you could get ahead of that. So, like is that really fair for an
1: 18 year old who may not know what he or she wants to do? You know? I mean, you look at it that way, yeah, sure, college you're asking that, but I know plenty of people that don't figure out what they want to do until their seniors in college. Well, see, exactly though. Uh-huh. But like, will don't you yeah. want to
0: have mon- like a little bit extra uh-huh. money so that just in case like you have to change your major, you could stay in college a little bit longer, you know, buy some time to go to those classes and all that.
1: I think also if you do research on the market for jobs in general right. in today's day and age, sure, if you have your field's major, it helps, but I don't really think, unless it's drastically different, like you're trying to work in sports and you have a fine arts degree, like that would obviously okay. affect something. Right, yeah. But most employers, and even ones that make a lot of money, are just looking for a college degree in general. No, see, not it's at- got to
0: be a college degree that's related, though. Mm-hmm. It depends what it is. I mean, you know, I would but. say,
1: I would say, I mean, if it's like very specialized, a very specialized job, obviously they want to see that. But like, if you're going to go just work in New York city, one of those buildings for like quest, you're going to, they're just looking they just want to know that you finished school. They don't care what degree it is. Okay. You know, and that's just kind of how the economy is working these days. Okay. Okay. And I think I'm also a big believer in this and it's, it's really sucky, but <laughs> <laughs> go on. in today's day and age, it's not what you know; it's who you know. It See, really is. That's the thing, though. You know, like,
0: like honestly, for some, for these bigger schools, you know, like college athletes, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna have connections. You know, the bigger the school, the more connections you have. If you go to an Alabama, like it's a guarantee that you know there's gotta be somebody that you know that that's all like Roll Tide and stuff, and they'll hook you up with a job. But say you go to like a lower, you know, D one school, like a like a University of Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. you don't
1: exactly get that, you know? I mean, I have a few options, but at the same oh, point... yeah, at the but same it's not point, like Alabama but, options. Yeah, but to your, to your point here, like, we I guess this is an unrelated topic, really. Of, it is. It of is. If you kn- who you know, not what you know, because, like, it doesn't matter if you have money or not. Yeah. In that situation, so, like, if they're getting paid, it doesn't matter. If they're not getting paid. It doesn't matter in that situation. Well, see, I, I meant, like, the money, it'd be more of, what, like, a cushion. You know yeah. what I mean? hmm Yeah. But at the same time, all these athletes that play it, high level division one athletes like a team that plays at USC or a play athlete that plays at USC or UCLA their cushion is the fact that they don't have to pay to go to school so they have all that money that like normal people are spending on college they have that already there's in their bank account still so that could be your cushion but see but then you get an extra cushion with that
0: money so it's the scholarship plus you know a little a little bit of money Mm -hmm.
1: I think my last this will be my last point on why I don't think it's it's beneficial for the game. If you look at NBA, okay. the NBA, the National Basketball or the, yeah, yeah, the yeah National right. Basketball Association, <laughs> and just really any professional sport organization in general, like those players are playing for pay- paychecks. Obviously, they don't like. Obviously, they care about the game. But if you right. look at the atmosphere of pro and college football, like the athletes are playing the game because they love the game.
0: You know, is that always the point though? 'Cause there is some that hate it, you know, but they're just there
1: to like, you know, they they wanna have a college education. Well yeah, but at the same time, like then like most of the people sure obviously they love the game in the NFL. Right. Like the players love the game. They're also there because they're good enough to be there. That's true. You know? But these guys like like you're gonna hate me for this, but Sam Ellinger. Okay. Okay? Yeah, he I knew may you were not going make there. a lot of money in the NFL. Yeah. But he's still a spectacle to watch in college. Oh. Yeah. Everyone loves to watch him because he loves the game. That's And true. wants to play the game. He doesn't care if he gets paid for it or not. He just loves to play football. Well, see, that's true. But I mean, okay, yeah, you're right, though. You're right, though. So what I'm like, getting at, what I'm you know, getting at, is that if you if you add this incentive of money, to, to college athletes or to college just sports in general, like are the kids the kids are now or the athletes are just going to come in and say, "Where's my paycheck? I don't care if we win or lose." Oh, okay. You know, like they're just like, "I just want my money." I don't care about this game (laughs) okay see but that's fair though but you'll still have like guys like like sam
0: Sam ellinger he's still gonna want to be a you know a longhorn you know you know like i mean you know his story right like Mm -hmm. he was born to do this he was born to be a longhorn you know both his parents were you know obviously his dad tragically died but you know he, he was born to be a longhorn so you'll have guys like an ellinger or even like a, going a little bit farther back, like a Tim Tebow, like who know that they want to go to this college and like they
1: want, they'll still play with that passion because it's college football. Baby. Yeah, it is college football. But again, if you add this this money aspect to it, like the money is the root of all evil if you really think about it. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, so sure, out of the gates, maybe there's are saying, oh, I want to go play for UCLA. Okay. Ten years down the road, they're like, I don't care where I play. I just want money. Okay, and I just think it takes a whole, the whole atmosphere and what college football is made and built to do out of it. Okay, see, I
0: I get what you're saying right there, mm-hmm. and that's respectable because I do love the atmosphere of college football, you know, because it definitely like it feels more high stakes than you know than an NFL, yeah. you know, like I bet if you went to that Georgia Notre Dame game versus like in Atlanta versus the Atlanta versus Colts <laughs> game actually yeah. like that Georgia Notre Dame game will be popping off you know like harder than mm-hmm. at an Al- you know mm-hmm. Falcons Colts game because like you know you got two hardcore fan bases in the Georgia Bulldogs and then the Notre Dame Fighting Irish that both want to win and you know I, I do think the fans make up a big part of it but you do have a point with the whole athlete you know buy argument I yeah. buy it yeah. that's really what it is alright okay. okay then so we'll have to see you know what will happen Hey, we did talk about this. NCAA football games, they might be coming back. You know, if this law does pass, that'd be a plus, though. I know okay. you'd love that. I know you'd Okay, love but that.
1: if it got passed in Cal- California, it would just be the California college football
0: game. Yeah. UCLA versus USC. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, baby! Plus Stanford, I guess, or you know, Fresno State. Whatever. I play? still think you it'd be You want to play cool. with Fresno State? I mean, no, bro, but like, <laughs> if they did a Like a California, you know, NCAA, and plus, like, you can create a bunch of teams. Like, that'd be dope. Okay,
1: well, you can create teams. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll just have to see what'll
0: happen. But all right. Next up, we got Cody coming back on. We're going to be talking NFL football, going through all the big highlights and stuff that happened in week three. In week three of the NFL. Coming up next.
1: Welcome back to The Cycle365. We're going to welcome in Cody now. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, all right. So we're going to talk about our next segment, um, NFL. But first, we have a new segment. Not a segment, a new bit. Okay. I need a drum roll, please. It's the question of the week. I need a drum roll.
2: Hope the mic picks that up. Do mascots have mythical powers? What do you mean? Like super sti...
1: No. Like do they have mythical powers? That's the question. Do mascots have mythical powers?
2: So, here's the reason that mascots don't have powers. You remember... Help me remember the story, <laughs> and then I can answer <laughs> okay. the question. Okay. What's the story? Didn't the Ram for CSU die a few years ago before the showdown? Yeah. Yeah, and then the Rams have not won the showdown since the Ram died. Okay. Okay. Mythical but powers! So, clearly they do have mythical powers. <laughs> yeah. Because Ralphie's not dead, and... And you so know you the s- buffs are okay. Go okay. On, go on. Okay. Here's the thing. Let's know this. Think about it. Last
1: year, Bebo the Longhorn attacked the Bulldog. Oh yeah,
0: that's in true. The Sugar Bowl in Texas won. So what you're saying is that you want our mascots to fight each other? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. We, no,
1: The question is. like... We do not condone okay. animal abuse <laughs> on the cycle. That's what you said, Jesse. That go on. You, go know, it's just it's just a question like. It's going to be a poll on, on social media. We'll see what the fans think. Okay. But. I vote yay. I think they did. I think. Okay. They might not have mythical powers, but they definitely have influence on the game.
2: They. I bel- I'm a superstitious man. I believe in luck. And mascots are a part of luck. There so. you go.
0: I buy into that too, actually. After you mentioned the whole Bebo thing, you you
2: were right. I knew yeah. that was a sign. <laughs> as I soon as it. you start talking about U of T, Simon starts <laughs> to listen. Okay. okay. So we've addressed that question. Yeah. We are all in favor of mascots okay. influencing Here's
1: the, the game. The last question yeah. I'm going to ask you about that thing. What about like, so Like obviously we all could agree that live living mascots have an effect. What about the other mascots?
2: I... Like the costume one? Yeah, the costume mascots. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that they're... Never mind, I can't say that one But anyways, I, they're just they're just people, yeah. you know. And you ever, they're just wearing a Halloween costume.
1: You ever played NCAA? Play mascot matchup?
2: Well, I'm I'm aware of mascot matchup, <laughs> mashup. Mashup? You mean matchup? Matchup. I said it right one of those times. We'll keep that one. But I I have played it, but it's just a fun mode, you know. It doesn't.
1: But they do backflips and front flips instead of juking, So just saying.
2: Anyway. That's true. That is it for the
1: question of the week. Nicole will be on our social media. Chime in. We want to see what you guys think. All
2: right. Well, I'm going to vote yes because I follow us on social media. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Me too.
0: So follow us on social media. Our links will be down below. All right, y'all. So we got the first thing. We're going to hit all the big headlines so far. So let's talk about the backup quarterback play. So there are a couple backups that did play this week. I'm talking about Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen, right, and then I guess you could throw in Luke Falk. So, here, here, <laughs> how about y'all answer this for me? Who was the most impressive backup to play this week? You forgot one. Most impressive, Daniel Jones. Oh yeah. See, Sorry, uh, Daniel, I don't. Well, Daniel Jones he'll be coming up, but I I didn't include that. Uh, you don't See, think I wouldn't I wouldn't
2: include him because those other guys are filling in. Yeah. At okay. the moment. All right. So I think that's the difference between Daniel Jones has that job. For the foreseeable future, yeah, we'll talk about
0: Daniel Jones coming up pretty soon. We have a we have a bit to
1: talk about that. Actually, give me the options again. You got Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, Mason
2: Rudolph. I'm gonna have to go. You can't go with Mason Rudolph because his team didn't win.
1: I'm gonna go with Teddy Bridgewater because the Saints
2: won. (laughs) See, I will disagree with you on that because while the Saints did win, Alvin Kamara had a day. Yeah, that day, and the Saints also scored on defense and special teams. Versus the Panthers, where Kyle Allen threw four touchdowns. And, you know, that guy, Kyle Allen, I don't know if y'all know this, but he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Really? And then he he was a teammate of Kyler Murray at Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. And he transferred to Houston, where after one game where he threw four picks, he got benched, and then he declared for the draft, and went undrafted before throwing four touchdowns over that vaunted Arizona defense.
1: Okay, I he think also my, had a year. To I think. Be honest. I think my yeah. question is then: Do you talk about like moving forward? Who's the best, or just the best overall
2: week? The, most impressed by this week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I would take Teddy
2: Bridgewater over Kyle. Uh, Kyle Allen can't sustain that. He one of his touchdown passes was over three defenders off his mm-hmm. back foot. So like, y- you're not gonna get away. You're not gonna do that against teams that aren't the Arizona Cardinals because their defense is trash. So like,
1: yeah. That's I think the, I think moving forward, you would want to take backup wise Teddy Bridgewater because he's the game manager.
2: Absolutely, okay. and I believe Teddy Bridgewater is a starting-level quarterback in the NFL. I do, too, period. actually. He, he had a good run in Minnesota that a lot of people forget about because it's been a while since he's played, Yeah. but he did well in his first meaningful game, and you know I agree with you that going forward, he's more impressive, but Kyle Allen's performance last week was nuts. Yeah, I'll have
0: to agree on that. Kyle Allen really impressed me. He looked good. Obviously, he has weapons with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, but you know he he used those weapons really well and he he did a little bit more too so I like that I like that so how about this moving forward this might be a little bit obvious but moving forward which one of these backups has the best chance of staying the
2: starter hey Brigham I feel like if Drew Brees comes back then they're going to start Drew Brees but that's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the future for the Saints. That's why they signed him, and that's why they continue to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. It's because they yep. have faith in him. And so do his teammates. I don't know if you saw Alvin Kamara's press conference, but all he did was praise Teddy the entire time.
1: Yep. Well, Luke Falk doesn't is not the starter there, Luke. obviously. <laughs> no, no. So people in, in, are waiting for Sam Darnold, which is saying a lot. Oh, yeah. So um, Sam should... Darnold
2: is a 1,000 miles <laughs> above Luke Falk.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I, you can't pick him.
2: Um... Are we including Gardner Minshew in this conversation? No. Because he Nick have. Foles is the backup, but Gardner Minshew could potentially be the starter if he continues to ball out. For yeah. sure. But they did pay Nick Foles a lot. They did. A lot.
1: Like, I mean, like, what, $46 million? Yeah, they it's paid a... him a solid... And it's
0: guarantees, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they paid him a good amount.
0: Yeah, All right. Anyways. Wait, you didn't say who... That's would... Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, you yeah. did? Yeah. Well, I'm saying Mason Rudolph because, like, Big Ben's not coming back. You're right, so <sighs> but I don't think... He said, go-
2: okay, for this year, probably, and into the future, yes. Okay. I, I'll agree with you, <laughs> but I'm in no way, shape, or form am I saying Rudolph is better than Bridgewater. I want to clarify that, because he's not.
0: Ooh, okay. okay. I also... All right, we'll see. We'll if you go
1: back to the podcast for last week, I also say, like I said, with this draft class coming up, I think Mason Rudolph can get overtaken by one of these guys coming in the draft. As a Steelers fan, I could see
0: that happening. How do you... God... We forced five turnovers and we still lost. We became the first NFL team in history to do that. And no, that's on
2: the offense. You, you Absolutely. Joined, you joined the Chargers. The Chargers actually had five turnovers against the Broncos in 2016. And they were up 24 to nothing at half before the Broncos scored 35 unanswered points behind Peyton Manning and company.
0: Is that true? Well, then NFL.com is. is lying to me.
2: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, okay. Well, still, though, there's only two teams.
1: Yeah, that's and that's, on, that's on the offense and yeah. Mason Rudolph in particular. And we never led that game either, like the Chargers.
0: Because I feel like if we did go up early, like say we score, you know, like three times off of those first three turnovers, we would have been fine. Up 21 to zero, like we just hand the ball off over and over again. But instead we choked and we didn't win.
2: And you so, guys fumbled the game away quite literally and gave the Niners a chance to win with two minutes left.
0: There are a lot of things that went wrong. <laughs> but anyways, all right, y'all, so let's let's talk about Daniel Jones. He came up a little bit.
1: How impressed are you with Daniel Jones? Eh. Yeah, he had an impressive first week, but I don't, again, like a backup, I don't think he can sustain it moving forward. I mean, he'll be a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to have this amount, like this
2: these numbers again. The Buccaneers are not that good. On no. the defensive side of the ball, plus I feel like something that teams mm-hmm. didn't really prepare for from Daniel Jones that we saw a lot during Week One and from that changes the entire Giants like dynamic is he's mm-hmm. mobile. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had two rushing touchdowns. He was he was he was,
1: the, he was the leading rusher in the, the game. Yeah,
2: because Saquon got hurt. Too. Yeah, and and hit, hit, only
1: 28 yards, but two touchdowns.
2: His game winning touchdown was a 7 yard touchdown run right up the middle, yep. and that's something that. You wouldn't, Eli wouldn't have done that.
1: He's an old cool, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Well, maybe young Eli, but not this Eli. He would have stayed in the pocket, held on to it, held on to it, it, throw a pick, throw an incomplete pass, or get sacked. And Daniel Jones just brings a new dynamic to the Giants offense. But I don't think it's sustainable because A, Saquon is out for four to eight weeks. And that's a very nice crutch to have as a young quarterback. Yeah, true. And B, teams have film on Daniel Jones now. And they'll know what to expect. So I there'll definitely a, be adjustments.
1: I think for him though, a good thing that he has is he has won over that huddle. If well, you, yeah. you watch if you watch uh watch anything really about Daniel Jones right now, they're talking about how like we had never seen this side of him, um, and, and we're all for him. Like, so I think that that's working in his favor, but again, I don't think I don't think he, moving forward he's
2: gonna put, do this again. Oh, do you up? think he could win rookie of the year?
1: I don't um, think so. Probably who's his, who's not. his
2: competition? Dwayne Haskins <laughs> is not going to play because Jake I mean, Tyler an idiot. Murray
0: he's been he's been a solid force he's stabilized that Cardinals you know team
2: Kyler Murray has less wins than Daniel Jones well, yeah, and but more he games has played a,
0: he has a least talented roster in my opinion yeah
1: mm-hmm. I think it'll be a battle to but I don't think Daniel Jones will win I, like I said I think this is an overreaction I think He had a good week, but I don't think it's gonna be like this every week, week in and week out.
2: I don't think it'll be like this every week, but if he wins more games than Kyler, then he probably deserves
1: Rookie of the Year. Well, so are y'all impressed at all though, or no? It was impressive.
2: I mean, I definitely didn't expect it from mild-mannered, check-down Jones.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely.
2: (laughs) I I can tell you during the draft that I was like, I can't believe the Giants took him number six. I'm pretty sure everyone in this room felt the exact same way. I mean. Yeah, so, okay, here's
0: the thing. Let me give you all my my little opinion on it. So I, I felt that same way too, but I did feel like he was a first-round talent and maybe, like, a late first-round talent and maybe an early second-round guy because, you know, he had a great coach in college, Cutliffe, who coached, I'm pretty sure, both the Manning brothers. So his mechanics, in my opinion, were, like, perfect. Like, they were pretty much up there with Kyler Murray, but he's a bigger guy. He's a pocket passer. They are, his arm is weaker, but, you know, he processes well. And he makes the right, you know, he's not going to lose you a game. And I'll be honest, like, I mean, I really didn't see anything new from Daniel Jones in this game, but he did look composed. And I kind of knew that coming in because he did play for a trash Duke team in college, so he's used to getting slammed. And I don't know if you all saw the highlights of that game, but he was getting murdered after that second quarter. The tackles
2: were getting bull rushed right into him.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, he was getting hit in the back. He was getting, like, hits right under the chin. Like, he... There is no way he could win. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of drives where he got sacked by Shaquille Barrett like three straight times. Shaq Barrett, top three in the NFL sacks. That's true because because of that Giants offensive line. But he hung in there. He you know he stayed true to himself and he won the game. Granted, you know the Buccaneers kind of gave it away to them, but you know that's it takes toughness to do that. You know? How
2: different do you think the headline is if the Buccaneers make that last second field goal and win the game? Do you Not, think anyone cares about Daniel Jones?
0: Nope, I think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, th- I think it'll be like a valiant effort type of thing like they did with Kyler Murray the first week when he tied.
1: But he tied. He didn't lose. I mean, there's... Yeah, t- no no one talks about
2: Kyler Murray now that he's losing games. I mean, it's he been also. Like two weeks. Kyler right Murray there. also
1: had a... It was a comeback win. Or a comeback tie, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, That's, this was a comeback win in LA. They were down by
2: 18. Yeah, yeah but... it's. Eli Manning is 0-44 in those games, and Daniel Jones is 1-0. There you go. trailing by 18. There
1: you go. Dang okay, the here's the last question on that then. Okay. Who has a better NFL career? Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins?
2: Oh. Well, if Jay Gruden remains the Redskins' head coach, then Daniel Jones. Because <laughs> yeah, Jay Gruden's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. He can run any quarterback's career into the ground, and he's continuing to start k King But Haskins will get his chance, and... <sighs> It's hard, it's hard to say Haskins without seeing him play a real
0: game. Yet. Yeah. Like, I like Haskins. Like, you know, in preseason I did a couple raw reactions. He, I mean, he looked good. He has the arm talent. For, he definitely has a better arm and is more athletic and probably has better arm talent than Daniel Jones. He does have better arm talent. But, like, you know, we haven't really seen him play in, you know, the situations that Daniel Jones has played in. Like, how will Haskins react when he gets slammed, like, six or seven times, you know, and then still come back and try to win? Yeah, who knows? You know, there could be another uh, Robert Griffin the third edition. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll have to see. I like Daniel Jones though. I think people I like are going, them both. Yeah. And I want to see Haskins. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this is a great quarterback class to be honest. Still. Yeah. You know, and then we have another great one coming up. But you know, you can't win them all. I think Daniel Jones, he's he's gonna be a steady force for the Giants, which is what they need right now. They're
2: still they're not all gonna right. win over seven games. No. That's my final prediction.
0: No. Alright, so last little thing right here. About the NFL. So, surprise undefeated teams. So, there are only a handful of teams in the NFL that are undefeated. There's eight. There's eight. Well, that's still
1: a, like little a, a, hi- little yeah,
0: a little over a half. a little bit hat. over. So, it's been three games, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're looking at the Rams, the Packers, the. San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> the Cowboys, right? Yep. Kansas City. Kansas City. New England, and Buffalo. New England and Buffalo. You're missing
2: the Lions. They're undefeated.
1: They are technically undefeated. No, they're not. Okay, yeah, two, okay. And one. Sure, they're
2: among, they have not lost. Defeat means lose. <sighs> Fine. Which, Lions. by the way, the Lions are fake. So, I, okay. <laughs> they're not Okay. Say, okay they well, face the Chiefs this week. Here, well, so. then let's just
0: take them out of the conversation, then, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, I just so, wanted
2: to address, through week three, the Lions deserve the title of undefeated.
0: So, good job, Troy. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll give them that. But out of all these teams, minus the Lions, Who's the most surprising undefeated
1: team for y'all? Mm. Go ahead, Cody. You can go first, or do you want Let me to go first? You go first. I'm gonna say San Francisco. Okay. Cause, I mean, it comes down to obviously San Francisco and Buffalo in my case. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, Buffalo had some, some pieces. I think going into the season, no one really knew anything about San Francisco. Like Jimmy Garoppolo was gonna be, gonna be good. I think the only person that. They knew it was gonna be well. They had Tevin Coleman coming, but he got hurt first week. Right. So like, there goes the running game. But like, apparently not. Um, but and then they had uh, George Kittle was the only one really there. Yeah. And everyone, if you go back to preseason, I guess you could say everyone was hyped on Dante Pettis, but he's definitely done nothing. So I mean, it's just surprising all around for like, what is going on? Like this defense is
2: playing well. I I'd yeah. have to agree that the Niners are the most surprising. The only reason I hesitated to say them is because I think that they're phonies. Every win that they Ooh. have is so sloppy, and their turnovers are, they hurt my head. It hurts my head to watch the San Francisco 49ers play football games and win <laughs> the way that they're winning. Because they are trash. They are pretenders. We will see it coming out of their bye week. They're going to get clowned. They're not going to win more than seven games this year. Exactly, so, so
1: that's why it's the most surprising right now. Okay, well, that's
0: fair. So here's the thing. like Cody, do you believe that all the wins that the Niners have, do you think that those are undeserved wins?
2: Well, I don't believe that they're undeserved wins. I just think that the other team played sloppier than they did. I mean, so the, Ste- the Steelers beat themselves. The yeah, Buccaneers beat themselves. Yep. And, okay, they beat the Bengals. There, I'll de- all award the Niners a win over the Bengals.
1: Well, they won by one over the Bengals. Okay, so. let me give you no, this. No, they won 41 I wanna, I want to, wait tell you this real fast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they, they blew oh, it up. Okay, my fault. So I was thinking and, of a um, different team. They blew them. up. Yeah, okay. But they it's had, the Bengals. It was they the Seahawks. A, that's right. They
1: have a, 42, a plus 42 point differential. So, I mean, like, obviously with that one game, that's what really did it. But if you look at it like that and you don't know, like, their offense seems to be playing okay.
2: You want to hear a stat about the Niners mm-hmm. yeah. that s- sells it for me? Their turnover differential is negative one, and it's the worst among teams with a winning record, period, in the NFL. If that doesn't they they can't sustain that. No, for yeah, they an won't. There's they no way they sustain it.
1: That's why the I
2: feel like the Bills. I feel like any team on there, including Detroit, will end up with more wins than the Niners this year. Whoa, even yeah. the Bills? Yes. Yeah. Oh no, I. The Bills are going to continue to ball out. <laughs> okay. And you want to? We to hear have, my take yeah, let, on the Bills. Yeah. Let's talk about the Bills. Go ahead. So my take on the Bills. Okay, they beat, you know, pretty lackluster teams in the Bengals, the Jets, and the Giants, right? Yeah. But. It's not about who they beat, it's about how they beat them. That's why I think the Cowboys are legit, is because they've blown out these bad teams. Yeah. The Bills have come back in all of their games. They've been behind in the fourth quarter of all of their games. It's true. And hung in there and won through like timely defense and timely plays by Josh Allen in the offense. And I feel like they can only improve from there. Like Tredavious White, he ended the game last week off a deflected pass interception. That sealed the deal against the Bengals when they were inside the fifty. Like, you can't teach clutch, but the Bills have clutch players.
0: That's true. I, I believe in them too. I'll be honest though, Josh Allen, he's putting them in some of these weird little situations where they have to come back. I've watched, I've watched him closely. He's missed a lot of open passes to Zay Jones and all his receivers. And you know, honestly, if he completed completed those, these games would be blowouts. But he doesn't. And I'll be honest, it doesn't look like he improved from an accuracy standpoint. So, you know, we'll just have to see, maybe he's just, you know, having a rough start, but you know, he's, he's, Josh Allen is what's gonna make the Buffalo Bills go. You know, can we agree
1: on that? Yeah, and he's got a big challenge coming up in New England this week. So we'll have to see, see if he's for real.
2: He makes some very head scratching throws sometimes too. He like does. the one off his back foot that was intercepted by Cincinnati this week. Kind of made me yak in my mouth, yeah.
1: but they still won. They still won the game. Do you think Buffalo's gonna beat do they have a chance to beat the Patriots? I think They have a chance. Yes. I think they obviously have a chance. I don't think I don't think they will, but I think they have a chance. There's a okay. term called any given Sunday, Simon. Well, how big is that chance then? I give a forty percent chance. I think, it, like you said, <laughs> it goes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it all depends upon how Josh Allen plays. I think if he plays plays good, I think they could win. I, I think they have a talented team enough to beat.
2: New England. If the Bills don't, if Josh Allen doesn't throw more than two picks, they could hang in this game. Because their defense is that good. Yeah, that's fair. We're going to see the Patriots not score over 30 for the first time this week. Bold prediction.
0: I I don't know if that's that bold, but that's fair. I could see that
2: happening. All right,
0: y'all. So that's pretty much it for uh, this segment. But we're going to do one more thing.
2: So if you're expecting us to talk about Antonio Brown, we're not. As for this Thursday's game (laughs) of the Eagles in Green Bay, I've gotten word from Jesse. That his pick is Green Bay. That's correct. As I'm, is my pick. I'm picking Green Bay. And what? Simon's pick is the Eagles, who are one and two, oh and they God. look like trash. <laughs> but that's all right. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and Simon is near the bottom half of our pick 'em league. So. Okay, here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, Well, now I gotta defend myself. Yeah, no, Simon. Yeah, we got, okay. No, I, I wanna hear your take. Okay.
0: Here's the thing, the Philadelphia Eagles, y'all have let me down pretty much every week. Because <laughs> I've pretty much picked y'all every week so far. And I feel like those are winnable games. But we got Alshon Jeffrey coming back. I don't is Deshaun Jackson coming back? No, nope.
2: Not yet. He's nope. Still well,
0: that's fine. You got Alshon Jeffrey coming back. The Carson once. They lost last week, right? They did. They so lost they- two in a row. Yeah, they lost two in a row, so, you know, hey, this is prime time. You got to win if you want to stay in contention because right now the Cowboys are leading your division. And if you lose another game, I'll guarantee it, the Cowboys will probably win this week because they're motivated by y'all's failure pretty much because they're going to steal this division if you let them. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to come out here. They're going to play with purpose because they know, hey, if we lose this game, then, you know, the the desperateness starts to creep in. And you don't ever want that on a football team. You want to be even-keeled. And so I think, you know, for the Eagles, this is,
2: I don't, don't want to say, say this, it. you say this is a must-win game in week four? I Absolutely. would say so,
1: yeah. But here's here's my, what I'm going to say about that is I don't think done. I don't think Dallas, I don't think, like, I don't think Dallas is going to steal the division at all. I think Dallas is going to outright win that division. Well,
2: I don't, see, don't think that's why s- they got to
1: win it. No, no, but I don't think they're going to, like, that's what I said. I think Philadelphia's going to lose, and I don't think that Dallas is going to steal it. I think they're going to run away with it.
2: Being being the biggest believer of the Eagles in the preseason, out of everyone in this room, I had them going 14-2, and two, and they've already matched Cody the loss total, <laughs> total from my predictions, <laughs> and I'm going to stick a fork in them because they're playing sloppy, and if you're going to come to into Green Bay against that defense, playing the way you have been, you're going to get crushed. I'm taking Packers by over at 10. The same, at the same over time, 10. the
1: okay. reason I'm picking the Green Bay Packers is, if you watch, I mean, they played on Thursday night in the... Week one, there's net Football, right? Everyone watched them. Granted, the Bears played terrible, but so did Green Bay. Green Bay didn't play that good. But I think over these last three weeks, I think they have reevaluated, come together as a team, and I think they're on full, like, running at full cylinders right now. Aaron Rodgers is making the plays. Their defense is, is doing well, and they're just a complete team now. I think they're going to just put it to Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. They lead the league in turnovers, this and should. that'll continue after this week, after Philadelphia has four turnovers. We'll see. Call it. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I
0: I was hating on this Packers team and Aaron Rodgers, and I'll admit that L. I'll admit that one, okay? It's, it's one of the few ones so far, I'll be honest. You know, you,
1: you, you could check out the NFL preview. Check out the NFL preview, and just for the record, I had them in the Super Bowl. Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. Jesse. But... See, I messed up. I had Steelers and
0: Cowboys. But, anyways, <laughs> Cowboys might make it. But, anyways, I think, you know, Green Bay, they've improved a lot. They're a good squad and they they could win this I, I could see them winning the NFC North I don't want to say easily. Tough to beat. but busy. you know, you really only have to win four games or now three games against, you know, the Bears and Vikings who are the biggest threats. Yep. And, and if you do they'll that, wipe the
2: floor with the Lions. Yeah.
0: And if you do that, then you win, I think win they the thing.
2: I think they win it. Yeah. It comes down to those games in my opinion. They already have one win over the Vikings and the Bears.
0: Yep. That's true. So we'll have to see. But, you know, I do think Philly, they'll come out with a purpose this week. You know, if they don't, then I'll stick a fork into them, too. Screw you. <laughs> hey, Philly, screw y'all. Like, I, I believed in y'all. You know, and I'm a Steelers fan, and I, I hate y'all. And I'm from Dallas, too, so I hate y'all anyways. But I believe in y'all, and I believe in Carson Wentz and this team to play really hard. But, yeah, I believe in the Eagles. If, Like I said, I'll put a fork in them if they don't win this week. But, anyways... That'll wrap up the fifth episode of The Cycle 365. This is Simon Villanose. I'm Jesse Booten. And
2: I'm Cody Stoffer. I'm about to head out.
0: (laughs) Catch us on social media, follow us, check out our website too. We're posting a lot of cool things. Peace.
1: Hey guys, it's your uh, favorite co-host here, Jesse Booten from The Cycle 365. Here I am back with my uh, three videos of the week that will be on our social media, on our website. Check them out. They're going to be funny. Well, there's a funny one. The funny one is watch a, a Philadelphia fireman roast Nelson Aguilar for uh, dropping passes. Check that out now. It's pretty funny. If you want to see the best play of the week, watch Demarcus Robinson catch a one-handed pass from Patrick Mahomes. And if you want to see a crazy play, watch Kyle check stiff harm the whole Steelers defense. Peace out.